When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. A perfect game for David Cohn. The third time works like a charm. It is the third perfect game in Yankee Stadium history. Don Larson in 56. David Wells in 98. David Cohn in 99. 27 up, 27 down. David Cohn has attained baseball immortality. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So, you know, as we think about our football teams and how lousy they are and how lousy this football season is, and we'll get into the Giants a little bit. But as I was thinking about this Jet season a little bit, and I know Keith is talking about uh, Rodgers, and really the feeling is Rodgers was you know is permeating this whole thing. It's I I came up with a weird analogy. I don't know if any of you will get it. I don't know how many of you saw the movie, but I happened to be I was watching the movie like a month ago. And now that I think about it, I think it's a perfect analogy for the Jet season. Did you ever see, I think the name of the movie is called Downsizing. And it's with Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. So the, the premise of the movie is they have this program where you can literally shrink yourself, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, down to... Inches tall, centimeters tall, tiny. And you go and you live in this community of other small people. They have this whole thing built. The government protects it. You live in this, like, you know, domed kind of community. And because you're so small, everything is so is inexpensive because you buy a normal size. Like this, one of the jokes is you buy a normal size bottle of vodka for 30 bucks here or whatever. And because you're so small, it'll last you forever. You'll never need to buy vodka again. You just your your drinks are now thirty dollars. You never need another thing, and so it's very cheap. So for on very little minimal savings, if you have minimal savings, you can retire and live like a king in this downsized community. And the reason it reminds me of the jet season is because the premise, the 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 main crux of the movie and the problem of the movie is Matt Damon is married to Kristen Wiig, and they decide to do this together. They have very minimal savings, but they both. Either have just been fired from their jobs. They don't have anything going on. They're going to downsize, go live in this community, and make whatever fifty thousand dollars in savings last their entire life and live like kings. And they go into the to the medical center to be downsized and everything. He wakes up. He's been downsized, and his wife Kristen Wiig backed out at the last second. And she calls him, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't go through with it." And so he goes off to this small little community, uh, you know, downsized. To live by himself, and his wife left him, and Kristen Wiig is still living normal in the in the normal world, and that's what it's like. The Jets departed for this season, and they got everything ready to go live with Aaron Rodgers in the community, and go and take him. And they brought they have an offensive coordinator who works perfect with them. They went out and got everybody he wanted. They did, they did everything they could to make him comfortable, to bring him in, to go attack the next few years, the retirement, and go attack a championship and do everything they could to bring a championship to this team with Aaron Rodgers. 
And then four plays in, he gives the phone call like, hey, I'm really sorry. I know you're about to go do this, but I can't come with you. And that's what it feels like. And now the Jets are living in this alternate world without the person they expected to share the experience with. And it's an absolute disaster. And they still managed to be, you know, 500 for a time and blew it. But that's what this is like. And you know what? They weren't wrong to make the decision. I'm sorry. You chase it. This has been a franchise that hasn't won a damn thing since Super Bowl three. Like, let's be honest. They've won a handful of division titles in 50 years. They have the longest playoff drought in professional sports. I have no problem making the decision to bring in Rodgers, make him comfortable, give him everything, and hope it works out. The first year, it didn't. Now, maybe, just maybe, they could figure out a way to beat the Bills. The defense can show up and and put a good performance and maybe figure out a way to beat Miami or whatever or just get this season back on track, however unlikely it is. And maybe Rodgers comes back miraculously at the end of December from this injury, and it all works out. And Kristen Wiig comes back to the small community, and her and Matt Damon live happily ever after. And the Jets and Aaron Rodgers live happily ever after. Maybe. Maybe. But there's also next year, and and possibly the year after. There's nothing wrong with what the Jets did. And unfortunately, whatever you think about this offensive coordinator, he's going nowhere. And whatever you think about this head coach, he's going nowhere because they built this thing to live in that downsized community, and now the, the whole reason for it isn't there. What do you, they're not going to get, they're not going to move away from this plan until it either fails or succeeds on its own. It never got out of the starting gate. Like, plain and simple, it just never got out of the starting gate. And how could you possibly move on from this coordinator? Aaron Rodgers is running this team from afar. It's a unique situation. It's it's not ideal for this year. It it hurts the team this year. But there's nothing wrong with trying, and they had to try, and there still is a chance for this thing to all work out. Maybe not this year, but next year, the year after. But you have to go for it. And to expect them to move on because the offense is worse than it was under Gase or oh, they're scoring less touchdowns than they did last year. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. This whole thing was geared. For the, it, you know how you know? Because they let Zach Wilson be the backup quarterback. I mean, it was that was their first mistake and their biggest mistake. But also, this is all about Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be here, it wasn't going to work. So we could talk about why Aaron Rodgers is not going to allow you to fire the offensive coordinator. He's not going to allow you to fire the head coach because he is he feels good about Robert Sala. I don't know. I heard Evan speculate it's because he can control Robert Sala. I don't know if it's necessarily he can control Robert Sala. The whole organization bought in to have Aaron Rodgers. They were they were they were drowning with Zach Wilson. They were drowning. They were begging for the Mike White life raft. And when that went down, they had to bring back Zach Wilson, and they drowned. They were desperate for anything. So when they bring in Rodgers, yeah, they acquiesce. 
Yeah, let's go. Let's go hire a failed head coach for our offensive coordinator because he won two MVPs with that with with Rogers. Yeah, who you want, Lazard? Who else you want? Yeah, okay, let's do it. And I'm sorry, but just because they, he got hurt four snaps in does not mean it was a bad line of thought. It's still worth it, and hopefully, it still comes to fruition. It's not done. They had a small window, but it's 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 unfortunate. But fortunately, it's bigger than one year. But you, you're not going to fire your head coach and tell you to keep the offensive coordinator, and you're certainly not firing the offensive coordinator when you moved heaven and earth to get a quarterback. He won him that won MVPs with this guy. He's not going anywhere. So all you can do is hope they figure something out over the next handful of games where the defense is good enough where it's possible. They don't need a great offense. They just need to be able to score a touchdown in, in, in 11 quarters. They need to be able to score a touchdown in 35 drives. It's not asking a lot. They need to be better, no doubt, but this is all about what this team could be with Aaron Rodgers. And without, they're just Matt Damon sitting in a big old house without a wife. I hope that analogy helps. hope it makes a lot of sense for you. Nick and Wanta. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's going on, T-Mac? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, good. No complaints. It's been a while. Um, listen, I was talking to my Uncle Jerry today. and uh, Well, we I mean, what did wise old Uncle Jerry have to say? Uh, we're talking about the coaching situation. So everybody, first I'll start with Dable, then I'll go to Sala. And all the critics that are talking about firing Dable, here's why we disagree. Mm-hmm. Number one, Dable won Coach of the Year last year. He did. Besides Coughlin, every coach in between was nowhere near that level. So I, well, that's, not, that's not that's not entirely true. To be fair, I understand your point, but it's not entirely true. Ben McAdoo won 11 games his first year, right? And, and, I, and, the, I, and the Dallas Cowboys lost two games all year, and they were both to the New York Giants. Right, yeah, and I, and I think the thing that taints McAdoo is the whole handling of uh, the Eli Manning situation. No, no doubt, but you, but I'm just saying he was close. Right. I don't remember, but he he didn't win it. But he was close to coach of the year his first year. They won a lot of games. They won a, right. They won. They won more games than 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 Dable did last year. They won 11 games. Right, you're right. I, I yeah. think the, the the key thing with Dable is the the pieces that he had to win the games that he did get to the playoffs, beat Minnesota. I, I think it's just fair. unfair to entertain the discussion fair. of firing Dable um, right away. So yeah, I, no, I, think that, that, I think that's fair. Yeah, and then as far as Salah, and, and here's why we don't, well, me and Uncle Jerry don't think we should uh, fire Salah, is everybody was banking on Aaron Rodgers. Nobody foresaw Rodgers going down four plays into the year, and you built this system around Aaron Rodgers, but nobody built it around Zach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as far as moving on, and I agree, I think Tiki was talking about it with Evan uh, the other day. Zach is not the guy, and that's a front office issue to get another quarterback there um, because Zach Wilson, and the only reason they're staying competitive in these games has nothing to do with Zach. It's the defense. That's uh, of course keeping them in those games and keeping them with those uh, close niches. But if if the Jets want any chance to win, you know I don't think it's a solid issue. I think it's just a Rogers not Rogers going down in a no doubt. I, it, it tore down the whole season. I, that's just I mean it. They did a great job to figure out a way to get the, to five hundred. They beat Philadelphia. They came out of the bye and, and miraculously got a win against the Giants. But 
It's come back down to earth the last two weeks. The offense is putrid. And now, look, is Zach Wilson... Is Zach Wilson okay enough where the offense should still be somewhat better than this? Yeah, I think it falls on the coach. There were some drop passes, no doubt. Uh, there's a, a myriad of reasons why it's particularly this bad. The main of which being that he's awful. I mean, that's part. Like, I, I and I don't understand the defenders so much. I don't know why I have to get these guys who come out of the woodwork. Like, you know, Fleegs, I, I know you, uh, not to necessarily involve you in the conversation, I just want to tell you what I'm getting, all right? Because I know I know the, how you feel about this. Like, I like the way you said not to involve you. Well, I'm just saying not, you don't have to necessarily have the conversation with me. Hang on, Nick, I'm not going to hang up on you. We'll get back to you because I want to talk yeah. about Dable, your point on Dable too. But like Zach Truther on Twitter, so that's, that's his handle right there, so it tells you. I know you don't study much there, buddy. But your boy Eli had worse numbers than Zach first for the first 30 games. Just saying, you're probably going to come up with excuses for that or or even better not mention it, but it's cool. So, like, you want to tell me he's better than Eli Manning and it's just a matter of time? Like, also, no, he didn't. I, I, that's... Like no, he, there's no way he scored more that he scored less touchdown passes. So we talked about how Eli like, or Zach. I know how many career touchdown passes, right? Twenty, the fewest in NFL history. Yes, more than 900 passes. Yes, Eli only played the the nine games his rookie year. He threw six touchdowns, nine picks. He had a, he struggled. Yeah. Guess how many touchdown passes each of the next two years? Uh, at least 27, 24, 24. and twenty four. Twenty four and so twenty four. So each year, yes. he had more touchdowns than Zach Wilson has. In his had. entire career, twice right. as many games. And Eli in those years, 17 picks, 18. So a lot of yeah. picks, but still more touchdowns and interceptions. No, no doubt. And that second year, he led the team to the playoffs. They won 10 uh, games. Uh, right, his, his first year his starting. His first full all year, year right. starting. They won 10 games. They got 3,700 yards in 2005, yeah. 3,200 yards in yeah. 2006. So I don't know what numbers you think are better. What, I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what passer uh, percent. Um, Completion percentage? I'm, yes. You know, in, in 2005, Eli only completed 52.8% of passes. Okay. But he was so, up to 57 and change in 2006. Right. But he threw 24 touchdown passes and won 10 games and made the playoffs. Zach Wilson in his second year was benched for Mike White. Who then came in and averaged and, 400 yards of offense, yeah, points, yeah. yeah. Who was far better. Like, stop. Please stop. I don't understand. He's not even going to be your quarterback moving forward. Why do you have to defend him so much, some of you? I don't understand it. And I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a minor portion of the, the fan base. I don't think most, even if they think I'm being a little harsh when I say Zach Wilson sucks, they won't come back with he's better than Eli Manning. You but know what like, else Eli Manning did regardless of the numbers? Even if he had a bad year, yeah. that final drive when Zach Wilson stared down Spillane and threw a pick, yeah. that's when Eli delivered. Yep. No, of course. Of course. I, I think the difference in that, and I'll chime in. Yeah, with, sure. With why Eli. not? I forgot exactly. you were there, Nick. Come on in. <laughs> no, I, I think the the thing with Eli, he you guys are right, but the thing with Eli, he would play the first three quarters like garbage, but a switch flipped in the fourth quarter. Right. And he was Mr. Fourth Quarter. He was a complete different guy. And I think that's where giant, like us as Giant fans, yeah. like, all right, well, Eli's going to show up in the fourth. And he and it was just how many – uh, fourth quarter overtime comebacks that Eli had. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's not even not worth. It's not, it's not even worth mentioning Eli Manning and him. It's not even worth mentioning. Like right. I don't, like I don't know if there's a, like I just don't know, man. I don't know why you feel people feel the need 
We'll get back to that later. But your Dable point, here's the thing, too. Like, I, There's a couple of reasons why I wouldn't fire him, right? Yes, last year was special. Last year was special. I've no the like I, I talk about this a lot. You know, every team has an identity. Like you, you talk about what's the identity of the team. With right now, the Jets, for example, their identity is play defense, run the football, or, or really just play defense. Uh, but each team gets an identity. Last year's team was they were well coached. Like that was their identity because they didn't really do anything in particularly well. I mean, they ran the football with Saquon Barkley, but they won tight games and they were well coached. So I'll give you that. Not only that. One, the other, because of the previous bad head coaches, I can't imagine the Maris want to move on and have another coaching search uh, to after two years again. And then three, I honestly believe they're going to be drafting a top quarterback at the top of this draft. And Brian Dable and Joe Shane were part of the team that both drafted and developed Josh Allen. So like, if this is what they did to earn a job as head coach and GM, if you're about to go into that scenario... Why would you want anyone else? You hired them specifically because they did this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what they did was draft and develop a young quarterback, a project quarterback out of, uh, you know, a small school in Wyoming, and that, and they turned him into Josh Allen. So wouldn't you want that team to have an opportunity to draft and develop their guy? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right? And uh, I, I like some of the moves that Shane's making. I I. I like Dave. I just feel bad. Like this season just hasn't worked out. No, with, uh, but with I mean, Jones. listen. Uh, but it is partially on him. I don't want to give him a complete pass. You know, a lot of this is on him. The offense was terrible to start the year. The team looked like they weren't ready to show up against Dallas. Like, it's one thing to look at this game last week against Dallas and go, "Hey, I mean, you're playing Devito, that quarterback. You got." You traded away Leonard Williams. You're dealing with injuries. Waller isn't there. You, you, you got a million issues with this team. What'd you expect? That's fine. That's fine. Eventually, there's a breaking point where no matter what's going on, it's just too much to overcome. Against a, tal- a talented team like Dallas at home, fine. Week one, at home, with everybody healthy, having an entire offseason, the game plan against Dallas, you don't have to win that game. I get it. Dallas is a good football team, probably better than you. You don't have to win that football game. You have to act like you care to play the sport. You have to act like you give a damn that you're getting your ass kicked at home. Like, he looked like he did not have the team prepared to play from the opening. Last year's week one and this year's week one was a world of difference. They went into Tennessee last year, nobody expecting anything, going for it, on screaming at the quarterback for throwing a bad pick and changing the way he was a turnover machine, and then going for two with Saquon Barkley and winning a game and changing who the team was, as opposed to this year getting blown out at home. Like, there are games now we'll continue to see where you go, all right, there's nothing the coach could do. To start the year, the first six quarters they played, they were beat, they were losing 60 to nothing. That's, I'm sorry, Dable does not escape that. That is horrendous. You cannot play the first six quarters of your season and be down 60 to nothing. That's on the coach. Now, they had that rally in the second half and beat the Cardinals, but you know where it went after that. So it's like he doesn't escape blame. And and for me, under normal circumstances, if he was the first coach after Coughlin or you know, even whoever the next coach was lasted four or five years, like if this was normal circumstances – you could argue, and if the Giants were a winning, a somewhat of a competing franchise over the last handful of years, 
then he might have done enough this year to be fired. But considering how many times they've gone over different coaches, considering that last year was a bright spot in an otherwise just dark time period for New York Giants, and the idea that moving forward, his speciality in developing a young quarterback is on the table, I would not move on from Byron Dable. Except, which we talked about, and there's more rumors about Bill Belichick, I would be open to Bill Belichick not being the GM but being the coach, and I also talked about the idea of possible uh, Jim Harbaugh, would I consider that? We can talk about that when we get back. The Bill Belichick stuff is interesting. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on the fan. We'll come back, talk about that. The one the one or two scenarios I would consider moving on from Brian Dable. Continue to talk about the Jets and their season. I got a caller right now, Gary. We'll talk about Gary. Why do you hate Zach? I don't hate Zach. I just watch football. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. A high pop-up. He's going to do it. And shortstop Jeter. Jeter on the outfield grass makes the catch. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. And Doc Gooden pitches a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. We need more of these new rejoins. Here come the hot stepper. This takes me back. All right, 131. Um, you know, we mentioned Bill Belichick there, so there's a lot of rumors obviously swirling around Bill. It's amazing how the end is near. All it takes is a bad quarterback. We we know that. All it takes is a bad quarterback, and boy, does he have one. Mac Jones is just brutally bad. And so now it sounds like he could possibly be done in New England. There's a lot of rumors. I, I saw... Um, uh, what's his name on uh, Orlowski on uh, ESPN? There was a report a couple weeks ago from Pro Football folk, uh, from uh, Pro Football Talk that Washington is going to be hot and heavy to trade with with um, New England to get him. That that's their plan. Uh, obviously, then Orlowski just said the other day that he's heard that Bill is going to another team and that it's already like pretty much done and the the team is decided. And now I'm reading reports. There's a lot of rumors it could be the Chargers. Somewhere where he goes where you know you have a built-in quarterback. I think he could slightly be a little overrated, but Herbert's still a very good quarterback. A team that has enough talent to win. A team that's very puzzling in how they play. And actually a team that you would think Bill Belichick would fit like a glove. Like if Bill Belichick, like honestly, what what do we when you think of the Chargers, what do you think? Like even going back to the Phillip Rivers days, like let's be honest. Even when North Turner was the head coach, like the, the, when I think of the Chargers in recent memory, I think of a team that's more talented than it than it proves out to be on the field, and a team that should win more football games than it does. And I I thought that would Philip Rivers, and I think it now. I think that would be. I, I think Bill Belichick could turn that team around. Now I I think his days of being a GM are done. I would just be a quarterback. I would just quarterback. I would just be the head coach if I were Bill. I wouldn't want it anymore. Forget whether or not he's good enough to do it or whether the team should want it. Bill should step away. Just just focus on being the head coach. You'll have your say. You're Bill Belichick. You'll have your say on personnel, but don't worry about doing the job. Just be coach. 
And that's the one guy, the relationship with the Giants, it would be hard to say no. Even though I, I, I don't know if I trust him developing a young quarterback. I say that, but, I mean, did the greatest quarterback of all time develop under him? Or was it just Tom Brady so great that it didn't matter? That Bill Belichick had nothing to do. I know post-Tom uh, Brady, Tom Brady has won that argument clearly. Because he's been, now he's had Mac Jones, who I think is terrible at quarterback, but New England's been really bad for them, and particularly this year, they've really fallen off the cliff um, since Tom Brady left. But do you trust him with a, if you get the top pick, one or two, right? You know you're going to get Caleb Williams or, or Drake May. You know you're going to get one of those two perceived to be can't miss top quarterbacks. Would you trust Bill Belichick to come in? and be the guy who develops that young quarterback and leads the New York Giants, I would keep Joe Shane, assuming he wouldn't quit at the idea of firing his buddy Brian Dable, which I doubt he would. But I would keep Joe Shane. I would get rid of Brian Dable. You bring in Bill Belichick to be the the GM, uh, the head coach. And, I mean, that's hard to say no to. If Bill calls... And says, look, I want to be the head coach of the New York Giants. I want to end my career in New York. I still think I have another five years in me. And I know I can win in this league with a quarterback. I don't, it's not a slam dunk, amazingly enough. Amazingly enough. But that's a hard conversation to to just hang up the phone and go, no thanks, I'm good with Brian Dable, who just lost all these games for me. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't move on from Dable unless something like that's plausible. Or obviously... Uh, Harbaugh wants out of Michigan because of everything that's going on there and the suspension he's dealing with and all that. If it's just time to, and especially if they win a national championship, uh, could you see him move on and and come to the NFL? That would be something I'd have to consider too. There's a handful of situations you'd consider, especially how good he is with young quarterbacks and what he did with Alex Smith and what he did with Kaepernick in San Francisco. You'd have to be willing to listen to that. Other than that, Brian Dable should not be fired. I do think what he did last year, despite... All the problems he had last year. Clown Show just tweeted at me, our favorite buddy Clown Show, who likes to tweet the show. The uh, Dable is 3-5 and five against teams that are 500 or better. Yeah. I mean, they, even last year, they lost to good teams. They had an easy schedule. They figured out a way. They still beat, you know, they still beat the Packers. They still beat um, the, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. They had some great wins. And when they needed to step up and win a game against Washington, they did. And when they needed to figure out a way to get into the postseason, they did. And then they beat Minnesota. So he did have a special year last year. I do trust him to develop a quarterback. That's how he got hired. I'm not looking to move on from Dable necessarily. I'm not. Despite all the losing this year and how ugly it's gotten. And the fact that he's put me in a position, not him specifically or only, but now I'm in a position where i got to root against my team. And I have to. And I'm sorry, Clown Show, you might not like it. And there might be many of you out there who don't like it. Tough noogies. You have to root against the Giants. If you're a Giant fan, we're in that unique position where the two quarterbacks especially are at the top of this draft. There's no point in winning football games. None. The Giants need to lose. And I am scared that this lousy Washington team and the way this team figures out a way to always beat Washington, even when it's at its worst, scares me. Even with DeVito. I don't care how big the point spread is. I'm worried. I think, I think Washington will beat them, but I'm worried.
this week and then next week against uh, next game against New England is going to be the season. But unfortunately, you have to. It sucks. I hate it, but you have to root for a loss. You've got to get one. You've got to get his. Uh, you've got to get your quarterback, man. You just have to. Gary understands you need your quarterback. I think he's dealing with a, a miserable one right now. What's up, Gary? How are you, Gary Mayapek? You're on the fan. You know, you you go on and you say you don't understand how there's people out there like me that support Zach Wilson. Well, the reason well, not necessarily is, support, but, but fight tooth and nail to defend him. Well, listen to you. Listen, you are doing the exact opposite that I'm doing. I'm not. You throw so much shade on this guy. This team is a one-dimensional team. You know, people ask, why don't they run the ball more? Why don't they run the ball? Yeah. The offensive line sucks, and they can't run the ball. Mm. They do not open any holes for anybody to run through. So they become one-dimensional. They tee off on Zach. To me, Zach had an insane game the other night. The guy was throwing the ball horizontally. He was throwing vertically. He was like... The Matrix. He was throwing laid out totally. He was like the and, Matrix. And making insane plays. That's what I see in Zach. Stuff like that. And, yeah, you're going to say he threw an interception, okay? He stared the guy down. I'm going to say on that play, and not only me, Bart Scott said the same thing. Lazard ran a lazy route. Mm-hmm. He stood there. He backed up. He had alligator arms. If his arms are extended, that linebacker cannot cut in front of him to intercept that ball, we got to give this kid a break. The hatred is insane. Well, I, listen, I, I, gave, I, I, I gave him a break. I said that. It, the, I, I, I said the game wasn't necessarily yeah. lost just because of him. I agree. I, I thought, and then five minutes, and then five seconds later, you're goofing on the guy. You're yeah. saying he looks like Matt Damon who lost his dog or something. It's no, like, I, I didn't say, I didn't say anything. Serious. You completely, of all the things, Gary, there are things I'll tolerate and things I won't from my callers. And when you misconstrue my analogy of the film Downsizing and Matt Damon, that's where I draw the line. I clearly well, did not say? call, I did not call Zach Wilson Matt Damon. I called the entire New York Jets Matt Damon. I well, said they were going into this downsizing period. They was they were they were they were embarking on a journey with Aaron Rodgers, and at the last minute, Aaron Rodgers pulled out because he got injured four snaps in. But it's not. I didn't call him necessarily just Zach who lost his dog. I didn't say nothing about his demeanor. Animals did not enter the equation. The point is, is this whole thing was geared towards Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback, and it all falls apart when he's not there. That's the point. Do we do we even know? how good Aaron Rodgers would be. He had yes. one series, I believe, against the Giants and four plays. Mm-hmm. You think no, he had two series and threw a touchdown pass, which is something right. Zach Wilson well, hasn't game. done in 30, 36 drives in 11 quarters. Oh, he threw one or two that got dropped or maybe called back. Yeah, sure. Over. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not looking to like pile on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, no. Let's 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 Zach let's elevate Zach and put down Aaron Rodgers. Come on, let's go. I'm not I'm not putting down Aaron Rodgers. Okay. That's things that you do. You put down Zach and you elevate everybody else. And no. you're not even a Jets. You're not even a Jets fan. Correct. You think I would get on? You think I would get on Daniel Jones like you do? If, if you got I paid to do a show that, to talk on uh, both teams, then you would. Yeah, I'm, I'm you paid to what? give I my opinion. That's my opinion. 
I my opinion is the quarterback's not very good, and that's a, a base that's a opinion based on the data of what the hell's going on with the team. They don't score points. Yeah, well, they don't score points, and he's miserable at many occasions. Has he gotten slightly <laughs> better? Sure. Was last week the was he not the main reason they lost the game last week? I'll give you that. Did he make some throws? Sure. Did he have a good drive against Kansas City? Yeah. Did he, was he was he is he was he someone afraid to throw the football against New England? Yes, he was. Was he is he someone who's bad and doesn't score points? Yes, he is. Is he someone who misses throws like the first throw of the game when he airmails it ten feet over Uzama's head? Yes, that's him too. He's not very good. He's not consistent. He's not a winning quarterback in the league. Sorry, that's my opinion. It's it's it, it seems pretty fairly obvious when the guy can't score points. And doesn't score touchdowns. And if you think I'm, I only say it about him. I've been saying Daniel Jones can't score touchdowns for forever. I wanted to trade for. Uh, is how dumb I, I. Although he's having a bounce back here, I wanted um, Wilson in here. I wanted Russell Wilson to be the quarterback because I didn't like Daniel Jones because he doesn't score touchdowns. Even last year when they won, he doesn't score touchdowns. I don't know if you've noticed. I don't know if you've watched football uh, as a football fan. Touchdowns are important. The Jets don't score any. And it's not strictly on Zach Wilson. I never said that it was 100%. If, if, it, was that, if it were anybody but Zach Wilson, if they brought in Timmy Boyle, suddenly it'd be nothing but touchdowns. No. If Aaron Rodgers were here under this offense that he's won MVPs with, that he knows back and forward and could audible and do different things and make sure things work. Yes, Aaron Rodgers would have a good season. The team would be in first place. I firmly believe that. I can't tell you that for sure because I can't predict things that didn't happen, but I feel very confident in saying if Aaron Rodgers, they win the New England game, they win the Charger game, they win the Raider game, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. But who knows? Maybe they maybe they lose the Eagle game because they the Eagles don't overlook the Jets. I don't know. Anything's possible. Because I don't think they're necessarily better than the Eagles with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. But I firmly believe they're a better football team, and they're probably at least tied or ahead in this division. And they score a hell of a lot more points than they have, and they have more of touchdowns than zero over the last 11 quarters and 36 drives. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why... Why do you need to defend this guy? You want to say, hey, listen, he's better than you say? Fine, he's better than I say. Fine. I'm willing to have that discussion with you. But you go all in on him like you see a great quarterback. He doesn't do anything. They don't score points. He doesn't have sustained drives. The starts of these games, look at all the starts of these games. Three and out, 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 three and out. Well, they just scored their first points on the first drive of a game just last week when they kicked the field goal. They don't score any points. Plain and simple. Oh, the offensive line sucks. This sucks. The offensive line in Washington sucks too. Sam Howell leads the league in Sam Howell leads the league in passing yards. Sam Howell put up twenty something points against Seattle. You want to tell me you you think do you think the Houston Texan offensive line is just tremendous? Do you think he's got a bunch of weapons? You think nobody drops a pass in Texas? And yet C.J. Stroud is, is about to win the MVP, stepping on the field for the first time in his life as a rookie. Like It's not like the Jets are this, un, the, the, this team that can't function and what do you expect Zach Wilson to do? All right, maybe I don't expect him to be Aaron Rodgers, but how about a touchdown in the last 11 quarters?
Just one. But hey, look at Eli Manning's first 30 games. Hey, he's throwing balls horizontally. He looks like the Matrix. He looks like the Matrix. What are you out of your mind? If he's the one, we're all doomed. Kyle in Brooklyn's on the phone. Hi, Kyle. How are you? Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good, buddy. Big big fan. Uh, Thank I you. Want to switch, I just want to switch gears a little bit talk about baseball. Um, I want to talk about Yamamoto. Um, so if, if, we, if we take Heyman, you know, with a grain of salt today when he mentioned, like, you know, he might want to play in the West Coast, forgetting that, um, there, there, there's no reason. I'm a Mets fan, just full disclosure. But there's there's no reason that if it's going to come down to a bidding war, like if we if we've learned anything over the last five years or so, like Hal is not, you know, he's not going to go overboard with spending. Like there, there's no reason the Mets aren't going to pay more for Yamamoto. Like, they, they, have, they, I, they have more money, but I disagree with your yeah. sentiment that what we've learned yeah. over the last five years. He he gave Cole the. The, the highest pitching contract in the history of the game, and then he went and paid Aaron he paid Aaron Rodgers uh, Aaron Judge excuse me the the biggest position player contract annually like uh, yes maybe, maybe 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 I'm being a little bit you know uh, a hater but like my, yeah. my my point is my point is if if it's a pure bidding war yes for Yamamoto between you know let's just say hypothetically it comes down to the Yankees and the Mets do you really think that Cohen is going to be outspent by Hal. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't see it. I, I mean, whether he wants to go to the Yankees, that's that's another thing. Right. I, I don't see, well, I don't see a scenario where I, I where can Cohen see a scenario where he, I, I see a scenario where he keeps up. Will it be the last dollar? No. If he wants every last dollar, but I do think there's a. I don't think like. Let me ask you a question. Like, if the Yankees, like, say two fifty, right? Say the Yankees are willing to go all the way to two hundred and fifty million dollars. Do you think that he'll just say our three hundred? Three, whatever it takes. Or do you think he'll go? All right, listen, I'll give you two sixty. Like, do you really think that mm-hmm. he will just throw any number out there just to win no. a bid- bidding war? So then you're no. talking about what team would he prefer for ten million dollars? And that could be like that's that's the thing. You're right. If Yamamoto just says, "Hey, listen, if you if he offers me two twenty five as his final bid, and you're willing to pay two twenty six, you got me." Then I think yes, there's no way the Mets the the Mets will lose to the Yankees. But I don't think. That if he goes to them and says, "Look, I want to be a Yankee. I like the pinstripes. They offered me two twenty five, two seventy five, and you got me." I don't think he's just going to give anything and give a bad contract that he doesn't think is worth it just to outdo the Yankees. We have to prove that he has to prove that he's willing to do something like that. I still don't know. I mean, let's be honest. They had Correa in the middle of the night. Right? He's in Hawaii he's sipping martinis. He gets on the phone with. Um, uh, Boris and suddenly Correa after Hawaii, is yeah. is on the team. Fine, oh great, Correa's on the team. He's willing to give this money. He's the final piece. Fine. Then the ankle injury comes out, and the Minnesota Twins did not give an, a crazy amount of money on a shorter term deal to see if he's healthy. And you know what, Steve Cohen said, you know what, no, with the ankle injury, I don't think that's worth it. I'm not going to do it. Like he could have very easily he called Correa the final piece to win a championship, and yet the Minnesota Twins outbid him. So. Um, and, and, and and I'm not saying that was stupid. It might have been smart. But my point is, he's not going to do stupid. He hasn't proven, F it, I'll just be stupid. That Because that's like that's my favorite, one of my favorite lines from the movie Casino, where he's like, I'll you know break your head open, and then I'll come back, and I'll do it again. You know why? Because I'm stupid. Like, he hasn't, and I don't care about jail. That's my business. Like, Cohen hasn't shown that 
F it. I'm a billionaire, and I'm stupid. And I want you, and I don't care how much it costs, because this is what I do. I'll overpay for you, and if that's a disaster, you know what? I'll overpay for the next guy to make up for you, because that's what I do. Because I'm stupid, and I don't care about luxury tax. That's my business. He had, Although he's gone well over the luxury tax, he has not shown that he's willing to do that. And I do think, I disagree with you, I do think the Yankees will go big into Yamamoto. But if it comes down to just anything over the, the most money, you're right. I, I still think Steve Cohen would give a dollar more. But will he give $50 million more? Will it get to a point where Yamamoto just goes, listen, I'd rather be a Yankee, but you have to give me something crazy. Will Steve Cohen be crazy? I don't know that yet. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we, we, you know, all the rumors surrounding Yamamoto now are pure conjecture. Like, of we, course, you know, you know, we, we we hear stuff now. Yeah, like, you know, he prefers he prefers the West Coast. It doesn't really Again, matter. He I, loves I, the pinstripes, I, but he's open to this. Like, yeah, of course, exactly. we have no I, idea. I, 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 I don't know if that's true. I mean, again, no idea. Like, you know, like I don't want to get too into the weeds, but like with the, with the Japanese posting, like it, it benefits like their team to take the most money. Uh, again, like I don't I don't want to get too too deep into it. But again, right. I'm, my 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 point is like. If all things being equal, Correct. if the Mets, if the Mets, as you know, as being reported, like are super involved with the guy, yes. like I don't think they're going to be outbid. But again, like, but you that's, can't get and that's why, and that's why, in the open of my show, I said it's important because you still feel that way, Kyle, and I think most Mets fans do feel that way. And if for whatever reason they're outbid by the Yankees, who have a perception of not being willing to go out and spend big money, if they are outbid by the Yankees because the Yankees wanted someone and said. I don't care. I'm going to go. Because let's be honest, I think the Mets wanted um, a different manager. I'm pretty sure they wanted counsel. The Cubs outbid him. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, I mean, if you're telling me that, and that's why I think it's important for the Mets, I think you can make a case, and thank you for the call, Kyle. I think you can make a case for both teams. It's important to win this. If they're really going to be in a battle, now, again, it's not a two team race necessarily. We don't know how many other teams will be involved. But if for the first time, Steve Cohen, Hal Steinbrenner going against each other, both desperately wanting the player and willing to spend big money to get him are battling. The Yankees can't lose to the younger brother, and Steve Cohen can't be perceived to be outbid by someone who only cares about chicken buckets and beer. Like that is a if what is he if he's not willing to outspend Hal Steinbrenner, who has shareholders and who has responsibilities and who has, you know, debts for the building and who isn't willing to go out there and give everything, won't even consider bringing in Bryce Harper, doesn't want to pay Machado, doesn't want to do this, doesn't want to do that. He won't spend the money. When will you Yankee fans understand that he no longer will spend the money? If you go into a battle with your rich deep pockets and you lose to Hal Steinbrenner, suddenly... Maybe you're not who we thought you were. And then the Yankees can't lose to the little brother. The Yankees can't have perceived to just be, hey, look, we're never going to get anybody again because we're in the same market and they're willing to spend more money. Like, it's it's a the loser of this loses something one way or another. If he signs with one team or the other, the other side loses something. Unless it comes out that they weren't involved, which maybe they'll try and sell if they lose. But if one, if the Yankees win, the Mets lose, and Steve Cohen loses something. He loses the perception of being that rich owner who will make sure he's, he's going to do what it takes to win a championship. And if he goes to the Mets, the Steinbrenners lose the idea of being the big man on campus in this town. 
which they might have already started to lose, but they haven't gone head-to-head. And they haven't yet been denied the player they desperately want. They desperately wanted Cole, they got him. They desperately needed and wanted Judge, they got him. They didn't desperately want Harper and lose out. They passed. They didn't desperately want Machado and lost out. They passed. There's a difference between passing and losing. And if they're all in for Yamamoto and they lose to the Mets, that is a significant change in this town. And if same thing for Cohen. I I find it extremely interesting. I've been talking about it for a week and a half. I find it extremely interesting. I'm fascinated by it. And as a Yankee fan, I want to I want Yamamoto so bad I can taste it. That's that's all I want. That's all I want. I don't want Bellinger. I I don't need five different offensive weapons to this team. I know they probably could use it. I want Yamamoto and I want Soto. I want the top of both. I want the best free agent pitcher, and I want the best position player available, either trade or free agency. I want the you. I want the two young studs, twenty five years old, to bolster that lineup and get, go with Cole at the top of the rotation. Go with Judge in the middle of the lineup, and then project further out than in the next three years. Because all I have right now is a three year window in my estimation. Because I don't know how much I don't know how great Cole is going to be three years from now. I think Judge is probably good for five years as long as he stays healthy. But Cole, I mean, 33 is a, as a, a big-time, flame-throwing, hard-throwing power pitcher. Sure, Verlander's still doing it. It's not impossible. Roger, I'm Roger, Clemens, Roger Clemens did it late into his career. Nolan Ryan did it late into his career. And, and no one has been healthier than Cole. That's his biggest attribute. The best thing about Cole is every fifth day. So, I mean, I feel fairly positive, but it's tough to project a, a power pitcher past 36, 37. It's, it's tough. I want the two young kids that extend this window further out where I know I've got a great, world-class, Hall of Fame caliber player in the middle of my lineup from for the next 10 years. And I know I've got a guy at the top of the rotation for the next five or six, seven, eight years. That's what they desperately need. That's all I want. I don't need anybody else. And the Mets desperately need pitching. Let's be honest. They got Sango. Who else do they have? They need starting pitching in the worst way. 877-337-6666. I can't wait. When is he going to get post already? I cannot wait. When are we going to see some moves? Let's go. As a Giant fan, I desperately need the baseball offseason because I'm rooting against them. I want them to lose. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate myself. 877-33. You think you hate me? I hate me so much more. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on the fan. We'll come right back. We'll have the update. And then we'll continue to take your phone calls on the Yankees, Mets, offseason, the Battle of Yamamoto, obviously the Jets season, the Giants season, the Knicks game last night. we got a lot to talk about. Belichick. i got a couple other things. I constantly get an ad on my phone that troubles me. Like I constantly on on Instagram, I can it's been the last 3 days it's picked up. I see it 4 or 5 times a day and I'm really it like makes me think as a human being whether or not this is what society needs. <laughs> 